hope you brought an apple for the teacher, because it's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Fenton. Welcome to another edition of the Star Seminar. We are your co-hosts and co-professors, Rabble Rouser and Danny Phantom. And just because it's summer break doesn't mean we haven't been studying up. We are both sitting here by the pool with our feet up, drinking Mai Tais, and studying advanced cowboyology. How are you, sir? You know, I am. Uh, I haven't started my summer break yet. I'm still kind of trying to come down a little bit. Let's just... It's just a busy time, and it's actually been kind of a a bad week for the the Rogers household as uh, we lost a a family pet this week. On, oh, that's brutal! Yeah, on uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night, um, our our cat got hit by a car, and it was one of those things too. Uh, he was over on the other side of the road, and he. He seemed like, you know, okay. You could kind of tell that his, his feet were not good, but um, he didn't know the extent of the injury. So we had to do the, you know, we found the one vet that was open 24 hours. We had to drive, drive, uh, you know, to another, the next town. And, you know, of course, we're just hoping, hoping for the best. But uh, as we quickly learned, um, the poor guy had suffered some internal injuries and it was, he was oh. he was not doing good, so it was uh, it, they they recommended the end of life. So it was a little bit uh, it was hard on my wife, and um, so a little, little tough a little tough time for us um, this week. Definitely a good cat. It's uh, his name was Fuzzbutt. That that's uh, that was our that was our cat's mm-hmm. name. Uh, uh, well named. Was he aptly named as well? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't think you can go wrong with uh with that you know for a cat unless you got one of those hairless ones um but he was one one thing was unique about fuzzbutt is fuzzbutt liked to go on walks with us uh and you know just i just don't have never had a cat that does that um Mm -hmm. you know cats a lot of the cats we have are pretty i i would even say as much like stuck up you know kind of independent they just don't a lot of a lot of the cats i've owned just don't really you know it's everything's on their terms and so but this cat in particular loved when we would walk to the park. The cat would just trail along, you know, like it was a dog, just like trailing along and just loved to go for walks. And uh, so it was, you know, he was a good cat. I'm, I am not a cat person. So for me to even say that, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, it tells you this speaks to what a good, good little guy he was. So I'm definitely, I'm saddened by this. And, uh, you know, it's, it's tough when you, when you lose you know, a, a pet you love. And um, how about you, Rabs? Do you have any, I mean, what is, do you have any memories of your favorite pet? Uh, well, yeah, as you were, as you were talking about uh, the beloved Fuzzbud, I was thinking about um, a very similar thing happened to me quite a while ago now. It was like in 95, I think or so, somewhere around there. My, like probably the best cat I've ever had was his name was Elijah. He was awesome, super friendly, similar sort of thing. Like he loved going in the car. So like most cats are just terrified. Like our cats now, if we put them in the car, they just like scream bloody murder and poop and do everything. Like they just can't, they can't deal with it at all. But he would like, you don't put the door, he'd jump in and he would just purr and purr and hang out. And we would drive like the length of California. We'd stop like halfway and like 
go to Taco Bell and split a burrito. It was just like we were just, you know, we were just a couple of dudes. Same sort of thing. He was a cra- he was like, you know, crossing the street out in front of our house, and and um, you know, I, he, he, someone came to the door and said, "I think you're you own a you own this kind of cat," and I think you know, I think your cat got hit. And, you know, it's just devastating because, um, you know, he was such a he was such a good dude. And um, so I actually he was, you know, like my favorite cat. And I didn't I didn't want another cat for a long time. I just I really just couldn't deal with it for probably another 15, 20 years. Um, oh, oh. But, you know, we have we have cats now and, you know, we, we had to put down one of my wife's cats, you know, a little while ago. And it's just it's just devastating. Whenever you lose a pet, it's 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 really, really challenging. So. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry to hear that. That's tough because, you know, I mean, it just, it's one of those things where our relationships with our, with our animals are so uncomplicated and pure that when they go, you know, the emotion hits harder in some ways, you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point too. I mean, it's just like, sometimes it's like, you know, you're reminded often that they are animals and, you know, and the cats, for example, cats, they really just don't, when they cross the street, they just don't care, you know, that they don't, a lot of them just, I mean, that's why there's so many of them actually do get struck. And uh, yeah. so, I mean, animals do behave like animals, but you're absolutely right. There's, you do get this, like this, you know, the, the, the love that you can get from, from pets and, you know, and then, then the companionship with pets, it's, it's pretty impressive when you like, you know, so I wish some of my children would be, you know, behave, you know, like that. And it just, so it's just, yeah, pets are for sure for sure i just uh just uh you know love love those little critters and it's definitely tough when when something like that happens but anyway we have a show going on today um you want to l- sure do you want to let everybody know what's going on so we're going to run down some cowboys news uh we're going to debate which offensive and defensive starter we think is most likely to lose his starting job and to honor all of our beloved pet cats we've had in our lives, and I know I've had probably six or seven at this point, we're going to play a little pet cat game. How's that sound? That sounds fantastic. All right. So uh, why don't you run down some of, the, some of the news before we jump into that? We don't got a lot of news. Um, I did want to just remind everybody who it isn't aware that uh, the, they, the Cowboys did release their training camp date. Uh, so they will be in Oxnard starting July 26th. Um, I don't know, Rabs, uh, I know we were together last year. I don't know what my availability is going to be this year, but are you planning on being down there? Is the Pope Catholic? Heck yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally going to be there. I, I'm actually in California right now. Um, my mom lives about three towns over from Oxnard, actually. Um, and so, frankly, every year when I when I go out for training camp, it's ostensibly a, a trip to visit my mom. And then I'm like, sorry, mom, peace out. I got to go watch training camp. And so uh, I'm actually out here in California, um, like doing some doing some work around my mom's house and, and taking care of my mom, who's not in great shape. And so I very well may still be here then. Um, and so it'll be a very welcome respite uh, at that point. But I'm, I'm going to be there one way or the other. So, yeah, you couldn't you couldn't drag me away. Wild horses, et cetera. Yeah, well, I would um, love to be down there with you guys. I know it's a, it's you know, I had a lot of fun last year, and of course, you know, meeting new people and uh, hanging out with uh, with the gang is certainly something that I would love to do. So, um, I, if I can't make it down there, I'm certainly going to be envious that I'm not uh, hanging with you guys. But um, in other news, uh, 
recently Jerry Jones has kind of the the topic of um, the topic of Jimmy Johnson going into the Ring of Honor came about, and Jerry kind of was a little bit uh, I don't know I'd say hesitant, and uh, mm-hmm. it was far it was less enthusiastic than when he we last heard him talk about it, which is of course you know Jimmy got uh, inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, but now it's like he, I think he's, his words were, uh, haven't set a timeline. So it, that was a little bit puzzling because we thought that was heading in that direction. But I was going to ask you, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you even care that Jerry has, hasn't has put Jimmy in the ring of honor? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I think, I think, I, I think there's two different tracks for me, one of which is how much do I care about the ring of honor? Eh, two. I mean, I don't care about the ring of honor. Um, I, I especially don't care about the Ring of Honor since Jerry Jones um, became owner because um, it feels like in some ways he puts guys in the Ring of Honor so they can get into the Hall of Fame so it can boost his legacy a little bit. You know, like it, I don't, I don't get the sense that he's really like taking a look at the larger topography of Cowboys history and o- selecting only the very, very best. Um, I feel like there's a couple of guys who are in and they're not as good as guys who aren't and, and things like that. It's sort of an, it's sort of an odd situation. So, so part of me, I don't care about the ring of honor. The flip side of that is if they're going to have a ring of honor, I really care that Jimmy Johnson is in. So because there is a ring of honor uh, and the, and because Jimmy Johnson is not in, um, I care deeply about that because I think, and I know people are going to argue this vehemently, but I believe strongly that Jimmy Johnson is the best coach in Cowboys history, the best head coach in Cowboys history. I believe he was a better coach brief for a briefer period of time, admittedly, but for in his era, which is a much, much more competitive, much more, much more difficult era in which to win. He had, I think what is the most dominant team the league had seen to that point and maybe ever will see. Uh, the most complete team, like several, a bunch of guys who, who played against him said that was the most complete team I ever, I ever saw. And I, I think that you'll just, you're not going to see that again, the free agent, free agency era. And, um, and they were, they were incredibly, incredibly good. And he built that, he, he built that, he was the architect of that team. And um, I, I, I believe that this is Jerry just being petty because he wants more credit. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm trying to think why else would he delay the timeline or hedge or BKG or any of those kinds of things. And um, <clears throat> that to me is the only reason that, that really makes sense. I, I can't imagine they're like having trouble finding the right date or something like that. It, I really just feel like he's kind of, he just, I, honestly, I believe he doesn't really want to do it and would only do it because of pressure from other people. And there was a moment there in which he was like kind of elated that Jimmy made the, the hall of fame. And because of course that reflects well on the Cowboys and um and i think maybe got carried away and over promised something he doesn't really want to deliver hmm. yeah yeah you know um to me the i think what bothers me about it is you know and, and you're right i mean it is it's the ego thing and and i i think it's not so much that i care that that jimmy should be in it which i, mean, I think it's hands down i mean he should there's 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 no debate about that i think to me what, what bothers me about it is that I just feel like it just shows Jerry's willingness to not let go of things like, like to, to have some type of control and, uh, you know, as long, and that's, he has control of that. And, and I think that he's, you know, if he could just swallow his pride and, 
and give give his coach, you know, the credit he deserves and put him there. And I think that would just show a level of, um, I don't know, surrendering, kind of like giving others, you know, showing that it's it's not just him that's making decisions. And, and I think that the behavior that goes along with that would be a bigger thing than just, you know, Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy in the Ring of Honor, what's that mean for us? Nothing, it's just, you know, but but the fact that, you know, just the Jerry Jones growing, you know, showing that he can, um, you know, give credit to somebody else and, you know, and what that maybe could mean for the organization as a whole is just, you know, letting other people do their jobs and, and um, him not always having to be the guy that, you know, gets the credit, takes the credit and is responsible for it. So to me, that that little part of it is why, the, you know, that that's what bothers me. I, I, you know, the, I have so much aggravation towards the older Jerry Jones. I think he's grown up a lot, you know, since. I mean, I, I do think he, he does give people credit. He does surrender a lot more than what he used to. And there's a lot of people that do, like Will McClay is an example, that do the things that... Um, that I mean, Jerry had his finger on a lot more of earlier on, but um, so I will give him some credit. But I do think that that, that to me is why I I want I want to see how. But I just want I want to see Jerry get just you know know his place, just know his place. And I mean, we may not see that, yeah. may not see it, but that's just that's. Well, let me so two two things to think about here. One is um. I think it's important we have to think about the psychology of a man who becomes a, a multi-billionaire, right? And the, so I don't know about you, but if I was, uh, if I had struck it, you know, uh, you know, gotten lucky and struck it rich in the oil business and I made 10 million or 15 million or a hundred million, I'd probably say I'm good. Spend the rest of my life traveling and, you know, you know, do, giving to charities and, and doing whatever, you know, whatever felt good. So there's a very specific type of personality that won't, as you said, surrender, like the word you're using is surrender, but it's like, it's like, there's, there's a way in which like that, their, their ability to say, no, I'm good. That's enough. I'm done. Um, They can never do that. Like the void is so vast, they can never stop. And so I think that's actually one of the things that's really fascinating about NFL owners, because almost all of them who are the new owners are self-made men and and the and the making kept going long after they needed to keep making money. Long after, and way before they way before they 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 built their uh, you know purchased their teams. Um, and they can and many of them continue to try to find ways to make money hand over fist. And it's 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 you know it's not even generational money anymore. It's not even multi generational money. It's more money than any family, even if they have a family of people who are just like burning money, can spend yet they continue to try to find ways to make money hand over fist. And so there's something about the psychology of that. He will never give up. He, he, he's constitutionally incapable of doing so. If he was capable of doing so, he would have said, no, nah, I'm good a long time ago, right? And just in terms of like making money and, and doing deals and all that kind of stuff. It, it, I, I don't think he ever will. And the second thing I'll say is, if Jerry Jones doesn't do it, if he delays this thing and then has, you know, has a coronary or something and Jimmy, jo- Jimmy Johnson doesn't get in, do you think Steven's going to nominate him for the Ring of Honor? Hmm, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think Steven was at the age when Jimmy quit where he sees that as a massive betrayal. And I wouldn't be surprised if Steven, who's, you know, who can, I mean, you know, like any human being, be petty and vindictive. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Steven just kind of says, no, nah, that's going to happen under my watch. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, 
Yeah, that that would be terrible. Uh, I hate to think about that. And you're you're right. And there is that whole element. And, and uh, we don't. Sometimes I I forget to consider that. And uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just it'd be it'd be nice to happen. And you know, obviously, you know, Jimmy deserves it. But um, so. So let me ask you a little piece of news. I noticed that a couple a couple of uh, folks are talking now about you know offensive and defensive starters who are most likely to lose their job. I mean th- those sorts of conversations are happening now that we're in the fallow period. So um, let's let's play let's let's play along. And, and since everybody else is doing it, uh, let's let's start with offense. So in your opinion, what who's the offensive starter who's most likely to lose his job between now and let's say we you know opening day week one. Oh my goodness! You know, uh, I'm gonna. Who do you? Ha- who is your? Who is the starting left guard? Huh. Uh, I think it's. I think it's our first round rookie. Okay. I really do. So I know it's. It won't be a popular, you know, selection. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick to my guns, and I'm gonna say that I just. Well, I've already I've already gone on record saying this. I'm I don't think he'll I don't think he's ready. I don't think I think McGovern is going to start at left guard. And so I, I'm reluctant to say that he's most likely to lose his job because, mm-hmm. in my opinion, I don't think he's he's going to get it yet. So actually, my, my real answer is this: is I think that Connor McGovern is the starter most likely to lose his job. It will happen about a month into the season, but I think that I don't think Tyler's ready by, by week one. Um, and so I'm going to say that McGovern is the starter and then, you know, Tyler Smith will take his job. So however you want to classify that, if you want me to say, I think it's Tyler Smith that will lose his job by the start of the season, then that's my answer. It, but then I all will turn around and say that I think uh, McGovern will lose his job, you know, into this shortly into the mm-hmm. season. So that's that's going to be my selection. What what about you? Well, I'm actually just going to move one pit position to the right. Uh, but I will say that um, playing this well. Okay, so if we're talking about offensive starters. I think the one who's most likely to lose his job is is uh, is Biotish. Um and not necessarily because I think that. There's an obvious person to replace him, but I, I think that, you know, the key for me is most likely. I think the offense is, is actually pretty well set, other than, of course, left guard, as you were just um, talking about. But I do believe that there's some other candidates there that they like as players. Um, and so, and I know we've heard some rumors about them not being fully satisfied with with uh, Biotis. I think they like, I think he's okay physically, but I think that they where they, where they're hoping he gets to a little bit better is in his ability to be synced up with Dak in terms of like recognizing protections and that kind of thing. Um, so I think that they'd like to see him take, you know, advance a step in the mental part of the game. You know, I mean, he has a lot of, a long way to go before he, I would assume before he, he can match, um, you know, <laughs> uh, Travis Frederick in that regard. But if he can, if he can just get closer, I, I think he's got a chance to, to hold on onto the position yeah. again. In, in the in this sense, it's 
It's most likely because I, yeah, I, I I think I think the offensive starters are pretty well set actually. And I think the most likely part is key there. And I and and the reason I I think I think your your pick is a good pick. And I and a reason for that is I I do think the path for that to happen is I I mean I I think Biotis is the the best they got for that spot. And I I, I think it's not lo- likely that it happens, but. I do think I can see, I can envision a scenario when the before mentioned Connor McGovern is, you know, he's got, he's got competition possibly there. He's got possi- mm-hmm, mm-hmm. competition possibly with a um, uh, second year player, uh, last year's draft pick, um, Matt um, Far- Farniak. Farniak. So mm-hmm. uh, who's a guy I'm particularly high on. So um, to me, I, he, you know, he might be somebody that comes. And then let's not forget the undrafted free agent. They got the Alec Lindstrom. So, so I think that mm-hmm. there's some options that, and so there's more, there's more um, paths for Biotish to to lose his job. I, I think that Biotish is better than all of those guys, at least from what we've seen. And and while Biotish might not turn into the center we was hoping for, I think he's probably pretty good. And I mean, and sometimes he's a little too criticized in my opinion. So I think that he's probably still their best play. Uh, so. I totally agree with you. I think that, you know, when you say most likely, I think that's, that kind of puts, mm. puts the circle around Biotis' name. I will say the fact that we identified a left guard and a center um, should be cause for concern about the Cowboys offense, because there's a clearly a soft spot there. Right. And like, it's not like one of us is picking a, a receiver um, at this particular moment. Who's their third receiver? Yeah, that's a good question too. So, because my answer was almost their third receiver, mm-hmm. <laughs> whoever they, whoever it is. Um, but the whole gap- it's hard to tell because it can't, you know, in, in mini camps and OTAs, the the receiver core was so decimated that they were running, you know, uh, first year UDFAs out there right. as, as starters, you know, so it's really hard to tell even who they're thinking could be a candidate for third receiver. Yeah. And I kind of avoid that just because we don't, mm-hmm. we don't know. I mean, in the, to me, I mean, I think that obviously, well, we got we know Lamb and Gallup are one, two, and I think the question becomes like who's really becomes their three, who will actually be their two to start the season, um, and so I really think their two, their their three and their four are going to get that shot, and to, to me, I think that's a, a Jalen Tolbert, James Washington battle um, mm-hmm. between those guys. Those guys will probably both be seeing action early, um, and then one of them will play better than the other, and there's your three when Gallup gets back. That's that's how I see that going down. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's right. I think I think that um, it's not Tolbert's job to lose; it's Washington's job to lose, probably. And so, if, if we if we wanted to identify someone in that position, then I think we would say the starter most likely to lose his job would be Washington because Tolbert comes on. If Tolbert if Tolbert gets the starting job, then it's done because they're always gonna if it's close, they're gonna they're gonna go with the younger player yeah. and give him a chance to develop by giving him game reps, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it is done. And I think in that point, yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. It would be Washington who's, who starts out as your starter and then, um, and then he's not. So, so I, I, let's switch to the defensive side. I think it's, I think it's a, a little bit more of a challenge on defense, largely because it's a lot harder to identify the starters on defense. If you really think about it, how many, st- how many, clear-cut starters quote-unquote are there on defense i think maybe three or possibly four you know that everything else is so situation and rotation specific that i'm i think it might be hard to identify which starters will will lose their job because the the guys who are starters 
are starters because they're like elite players. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That's that is tough, and I do think it's. I think it's four. I mean, I don't. I mean, I think it kind of stops there. So, which if it's four, which four guys are you thinking that we should count as as those starters who are like you know, top of their game, top ten type type players at their position? Well, not the not just top of their game, but clear clearly better than the best next available. So I'll mm-hmm. put that little caveat on there too, because I know you said three, three to four, that number four is falls in that, that category. So, so I think it's obviously, so the Marcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs are the three. That's, mm-hmm. that's the three. But to me, I think that J Ron curse is locked mm-hmm. into the starting strong safety spot because I mean, I don't think I don't have any faith in Donovan Wilson challenging him for that. I think that um, obviously with with um, Curse being kind of the hybrid linebacker type, and, and the Cowboys have a kind of a linebacker shortage, you know, in in some regard, I think that just makes his his value even even stronger. But to me, I, I honestly think Curse was borderline Pro Bowl player last year. I think that the amount of splash plays that he made for this team was just remarkable. So. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if he had a Pro Bowl season. So I, I think that um, so curse. I'm I'm counting curse now. After that, I have some thoughts on some guys, you know, but I they are not like locks by any means. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So uh, so is there somebody else who's a who's a frequent like a high rep player who you think has a chance to lose out some significant reps or or have his reps taken away? by someone who's on the rise mm, man well i think that just answering that question as much as i love this guy so to me i think dorance armstrong is the right defensive end he's mm-hmm. he's the mm-hmm. guy i think that I think, right now i'd say right, right now and and because there's mm-hmm. there's so many similar to the whole the um Biotish thing um only this time they actually have some good players that uh there's some there's some wild cards I should say I we, they're unproven, but they're certainly I mean obviously with our first round draft pick Sam Williams or second you know our second round draft pick Sam Williams you got him um, you know you have you have Dante Fowler you have Terrell Basham I mean you got Chauncey Golson there's just a lot of there's a lot of guys that so one of those guys could um, potentially step in and and uh, have a good season I, I so I guess I would put Dorns as much as I think he's one of our better defensive players. Uh, I still think he's a, might be the most vulnerable to losing mm-hmm. his starting spot just because of he's so closely grouped with those other guys. And um, so that, I guess that's my pick. I don't know if I'm not super confident about, it, but um, what, what about you? Who do you have there? That's a tough one for all the reasons we've just been kind of mulling over. I don't think any of the guys that you identified, I think your, your, your assessment of curse is spot on. I think when you know, remember last year, one of the things that, for me was a real revelation about how much he had begun to assert himself in terms of his importance on the roster was when they, um, I don't know, what was it? Week five, six, something like that, where he started wearing the green dot on his helmet and was like calling plays. Suddenly he was like their de facto middle linebacker and there, you know, he was their Sean Lee, you know, and and I think that was, so it's hard, it's hard not to consider him a starter. I think you're spot on on that one, but I don't see any of those guys losing losing their, you know, losing significant reps or anything like that because, you know, someone comes on and takes that away from them. I'm going to kind of cheat a little bit, but I think the position you're, you're 
looking at is a good position because I think it's really unsettled and there's a lot there's a lot of room there for for some play and frankly for some chaos. Uh, I'm going to say that I, 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 whether he's a starter or not, I'm going to say that Dante Fowler has a significant chance to have his reps taken away by Sam Williams. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure Fowler has. I'm not sure what he has left. I, I don't know. I really don't know whether they brought him on as veteran insurance, you know, because they didn't, they hadn't drafted Williams yet. They didn't have, they didn't have that, that rookie defensive end Um, or whether he actually still has something in his tank. Now I do know that, you know, everyone's, everyone's pointed out he played for, played for Quinn before he played in Atlanta. He wasn't particularly good though. And he's okay. Um, So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. He never, he never has lived up to his draft billing when he was a top 10 pick. Typically those guys have, you know, elite, elite athleticism get off when they're drafted that high. He never really seemed to. Um, I, I don't know. I, I could, I could, I could see that room. In le- if there's no, if there's no major injuries or even, you know, like a string of like little injuries along the defensive line and training camp, I could see that room getting really crowded with young, talented dudes and them taking a look at, at Dante Fowler and saying, guy's a progress stopper we gotta we, it's gonna we gotta bite the bullet we may not be as good weeks one through three but eventually we'll have we'll have better players so we got to do that now yeah no i i agree I, I i really don't know what to think i mean part of me like when i was like I, when he was signed i'm like ah, you know what this could this could be a whole lot of nothing and but i also kind of thought a little bit of that of, of terrell basham last year and mm-hmm, i just mm-hmm. figured he would just kind of be like an afterthought and it's like no, and probably maybe even we release because you don't want someone to be a progress stopper and and especially as like micah started getting more more reps but actually i was impressed with what they got out of basham i mean it wasn't anything spectacular but he was a solid depth guy and so to me i think i I could see that as well with fowler like he's not nothing nothing fancy certainly not going to be anything like like it was but but still pretty okay still okay you know still can do some fowler things and uh so that's that's how i see him I guess the question then becomes they need both Fowler and Basham and Armstrong as kind of like, yeah, pretty solid backup types at defensive end. That's a, especially given the fact that like Odigizua and other folks can, can kick out to end. That's a great question. And that's why to me, I don't see both of those guys on the roster. I think mm-hmm. uh, obviously there are Armstrong's there because he's there, but I'm um, uh, Fowler or, ba- or Basham. I, I feel, I, I feel like they have to make a decision with one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I, when, you, when you really think about it in that way, I think, I think you're right. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's 
S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. So uh, now that we've talked about, you know, the negativity of guys losing their jobs, um, let's... um. Let's play a little game uh, to honor our our beloved uh, cats uh, that we've had in our life. So I want to I wanted to play this game with you, Rab. So I I love so I I have a lot of pet cats. So it's almost like not even fair to say they're pet cats because <laughs> it kind of you know takes away the whole point of it. But I always have the pet cat over here that does that pet cat. So I but I like to break my cats into categories. Um, Categories, huh? Categories. Yeah, so I always like to have a rookie pet cat, and I like to have a free agent pet cat. Um, oh, I see. So you, you try to create cat, fictional categories that allow you to have more pet cats. I see how yeah. you operate. Okay, let, let's play along. I like it. So I am going to start with my my first category. I wanted to – it's going to be a rookie pet cat. We're going to call this cat Toonces because he's someone – Fantastic. He's someone that we trust – even though it's probably not a good idea. So my first question for you, who is your rookie pet cat? And I'm, I'm going to say it's got to be a day three guy. You're not allowed to take any of the, ah, any of the big guys. Okay. So I, I think it might have been. A, I mean, that makes sense, right? I mean, any knucklehead can say Michael Parsons is their pet cat, right, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, these guys have to be kind of like lawn shots. And you, there's got to be something about the dude that you fall in love with. That's why he's your pet cat. And so given that definition, I'm going to say John Ridgway. I love, Ooh, I love okay. uh, his game. I love that he's just a scrappy dude. I think he's one of those guys who always plays better than he looks. He always, he always plays better than his athletic th- threshold. He, uh, our, our good friend Landon McCool has called him a you know, trash can full of dirt, and I think he's exactly that kind of player. Uh, I, I don't think it's any accident that he was involved in the first like, you know, fight of, of mini camp or OTAs. Uh, I think he's, that's just who he is. He's going to, he's the kind of guy who's going to like, you know, still be, still be pushing and grabbing a little bit after the whistle. And he's going to get under people's skin. And he's going to keep fighting and fighting and scrapping and clawing and he'll make plays and set up other guys as a result. Um, but I, you know, I, I think that that, that, that just kind of like, Scrappy by any means necessary kind of attitude is something that the Cowboys have often had in short supply. And so I love the fact that there's just a kind of a mean, nasty dude who's going to be there um, in the middle of the line, especially on rundowns. And I'm hoping that, you know, that his play style will rub off on some of the other dudes who are in that defensive line room. Okay. So let me ask you this. If Ridgeway scores a touchdown, is he going to do the air guitar? Oh, he, 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 it's, it's required. Yeah. 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 Do you remember who did that? You remember that? (laughs) Yeah, that was, um, uh, oh oh God, what was his name? Um, yes. Come on. It's on the tip of your tongue. Uh, Hayden. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, that would be fun. That's, that's a good pick. I I mean, I, I I don't know what to expect out of the nose. Um, so it'd be interesting to see. I'm, I'm going to stay on the defensive side. And so 
So I'm going actually going to take um, Fresno State's Duran Bland, the cornerback. Oh, took. And, nice. And I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like I like the player. I like the athleticism. I like the length. I like the 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 speed. Um, and those traits are things that I feel a lot better about than I did from some of our choices last year. But my pick is is Bland, also because of what little. I think about are those selections last year and you know the Cowboys they they picked a lot of DBs last year with um well they got Kelvin Joseph and they got um Nation Wright you know who is an mm-hmm. who's an Oregon State Beaver but to me as I, I you know I'm just very dissatisfied with with that play I know a lot of people are saying hey give him a chance and you know he's you know, he and he, he he does deserve a chance but I'm just not thrilled by those guys and of course I haven't seen anything from uh, Israel Mukwamu so and of course he's he's in the safety, but I mean it's just those lengthy DBs in general. Um, I just so to me I think Bland might have more of the traits that can get him get him on the field more. And so I, I I'm interesting to see what if you look at like as we go down the depth chart and we don't know how these corners are gonna you know lay out, but I I could see, I, I'm I bet you Bland's a little higher than than what a lot of people might have him. So that's so I'm going with I'm going with Bland for my rookie pet cap. I, I like I like that choice. Uh, I do think that's going to be a tough, tough room. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of experienced corners, and so for for them to take a chance on a bland, I mean, it, it's likely that if he plays this year, it's as a special teams guy mostly, and he gets a, he gets a handful of, of defensive snaps. If he gets more than a handful of defensive snaps, then either he's far exceeded expectations, or they're really in trouble because they're decimated in the back half. Um, but even even when you look at that, like how many corners can they can they take and can they keep? And they've, they've invested they've invested a lot of first and second day picks in, in corners in the last couple of years and already had some good guys and they've spent some money on guys. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. Um, and you know, will, will he will he play because he does have the size? Will he play some kind of hybrid thing? Uh, you know, it, it, it like who's the guy who he's actually in in competition with for a roster spot? Is it? Nation, right? Is it Jordan Lewis? You know, I'm not really quite sure. Is it is it CJ Goodwin? You know, like who's the guy who he has to he has to beat out? And I'm I think that's not clear to me yet. Yeah, to to me, to me, I don't unless Wright really takes some good steps forward, and you know, maybe he's right on right on on schedule with what he's what they expect from him. I don't know. I mean, he was a third rounder, so I I did have higher expectations for. For um, what we saw, but to me, to me, I think he takes the right spot. I think that I think the Cowboys will have a tough decision. It's like, okay, do we are we happy with what we got from him, or do they want to say, you know what, I think we messed up here, and then they go with the the their new rookie who has shown them more promise in in his short time than what they saw from Nashon. So, so to answer your question, I think Nashon's the one that goes. I don't think like they got to keep Lewis for. He, Lewis is a you know he's he's got Bayou he in 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 the depth and uh, you know he he can play the slot as a starter and but I don't think so I think his job's safe but if I think it's, you look at you know, I think Nishan is 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 one of them and and we don't and I don't you know we'll get to this later so um, I'll say yeah, I'll just stop right there so yeah that's it that's my my answer so that so now let's move let's switch to okay. from rookies to free agents now. 
obviously the Cowboys don't go shopping in free agency, so we don't got a lot to choose from. Um, but uh, so I'm going to call this a cat church, the cat from Pet Cemetery, if you remember. Oh, yes. Not, not the most friendliest of cat, but I mean, hey, what do you? Expect? Well, certainly not after he turned from the cemetery. What, yeah, not not. What do you expect when he, uh, you know, is buried in that that nasty place? So anyway, so this is the which player do you think will come back from the dead? Um, and so, you know, our free agents that we do have, or at least the, the, the two that we most, that we know of, you know, they had good seasons. So it's like, there's, there's some, uh, potential there. So I'll, I'll let you pick and, uh, see what you come up with. Who do you think the, who's your free agent pet cat? Well, earlier in this conversation, I gave a little shout out to our good friend, Landon McCool, and I'm going to do that again. Uh, he, of course, is a great lover of fullbacks. And um, uh, in April and early April, like us, free agency, you know, was was in its in its uh, descent. They signed um, a fullback who actually played at Oregon State. So he's from your neck of the woods. And um, you know, I think initially signed with Chicago and now and, and now they signed him. His name is um, Ryan Nall. I'm actually, um, I'm really intrigued. I, I think, and I also would say that, you know, a, a position like fullback is one where, I mean, I, I don't know that there is a starter at fullback. I think the re- third receiver is probably a starter, whereas the fullback's a, a kind of gadget and situation player in this offense. Um, but I will say that, uh, I think that is a position where there could be some turnover because it's not like they had, you know, it's not like they ever had a world, a world beater. I think the real question is, are they going to carry a fullback? If the answer is yes, I think he's got a, he's got a reasonably good shot at being that guy. Um, yeah. So I, 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 it largely, largely because I don't particularly believe in the chances for the other two signees. I mean, we, they're the guys we just talked about when we talked about which veterans are likely to lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how about you? That's why my so I'm actually going to go. My decision is going to be based on opportunity. And you know, we just spent time talking about how that's really crowded. You know, along the edge, we don't know. We don't even know if Fowler's going to make the team. You know, because there's just so many, uh, so many other options. Whereas on wide receiver, it's a little bit of a different story, especially early on with Gallup. Um, you know, rehabbing his knee. So I'm going to say James Washington. Uh, you know, he mm-hmm. he had. You know, 700 yard season a couple of years ago. You know, he was actually selected ahead of ahead of Gallup. He was selected in the second round. I know a lot of people were really high on on James Washington coming out and you know doing the draft and stuff. But I, he wasn't one of the guys that caught my attention. So I was like, eh, I was happy to see him go before you know the Cowboys picked what we expected to be a receiver. But um, I do still think he's a good player, and I do think he mm-hmm. comes into a good situation and. It wouldn't surprise me if he if he had some some nice deep shots that you know if Prescott has a connection with him and he actually does pretty good. I mean, I, I could see him putting together maybe a 500, 600 yard season. I, I do think that you know when Gallup returns, things will be different. I'm high on Tolbert. I think Tolbert will be well. You know, I think he's going to be a good. I think he's going to have a good, a solid rookie season. And it, same applies with him. His opportunities will definitely be there. But I am taking James Washington as my free agent pet cat. I mean, like I said, the pickings are slim, but I think that he has a you know. Keep in mind with with the Steelers, I mean, they were they were they had Chase Claypool, they had Juju, they had their best one was what was his name Deontay Johnson, I think. So they had those mm-hmm. they had those guys. 
Um, and also, Roethlisberger was really kind of, you know, hit or miss. And with some of the, some of his play, you know, down the last couple of years, we're kind of like, what's going on with with Big Ben? And to, so, I think that improved quarterback play and not having those people, you know, to compete with early on is going to really make things um, give you know give James Washington some chances. And you know, he he proved he can he can catch passes and and and, and run with it. So. Uh, yeah, I'm interesting to see how how that goes. So, you know, a few years ago, um, when teams were looking at the Patriots and and or when, pe- when people were looking at the Patriots and asking, you know, what do they do? What makes them special, et cetera? I think one of many things that they were doing was they recognized how hard it is to correctly um, predict which college wide receivers are going to be good pros. Mm-hmm because there's very specific sort of characteristics that, you know, that make someone a good pro and it's, it's always hard to predict those and whether they're going to develop, et cetera. And so one of the things that the, that the Patriots are doing is just saying, we're not going to draft any receivers at all. We're just going to get receivers in free agency. And then they switched gears and then started actually investing some pretty high draft picks in a couple of receivers in, in the last, you know, five or six years. But for a long time there, you know, they would, they would say, you know, Wes Welker is killing us. Let's go ahead and get him. And they, you know, get, get him for a six rounder. Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, you know what you're speaking to is 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 right on, but also interesting in terms of like, yeah, let's bring on a let's bring on a free agent who we know can succeed in the NFL, right? Like, I think that's the thing. Like, okay, but so there's guys who have lots of talent. They were good in college because they were just more talented than the guys they were going up against. But if we have if we have limited resources, let's let's spend them on a, on a guy we know can play the NFL game. And, and I think that that's the, you know, we know for sure that Washington can do that. He can do it at a, at a reasonably high level. Yeah. So I, I think that's a, I think, you know, I've, I've, I've no qualms at all with that, with that selection. All right. So let's go to our next category of pet cats. Actually, Rabs, I don't have a name for this one. So I'm going to ask you, who do you think is the most underrated television cat out there? Uh, well, I'll, I'll return uh, a question to you. Can we can we include the big cats, or are we only talking about like the domestic small cats? Oh, it could be any cats. Just who okay. do you think? All right. In that, in that case, I think that by far the best cat out there is Perry the Puma, who was uh, in some of the Bugs Bunny cartoons. Uh, so I don't know if you guys remember. He was, I think, in a couple of them, and. Um, uh, he uh, he talks he talked funny and he talked through like this and um and uh there was I, I do remember that um you know he was trying to eat Bugs Bunny and Bugs was like you know too fast for him and was like I think maybe dressed up as a woman and like served him tea and stuff and then Bugs said said to him how many uh how many lumps of sugar do you want in your tea and he said and uh and and bugs gave him a bunch of hits on the head and 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 then he like perry the puma is like holding his head and going that's a whole lot of <laughs> and so i think like we just love perry the puma when we were growing up we love his accent and um i yeah i think that uh if that if that like if if you haven't seen it go to youtube check it out oh, oh and the great thing about perry the puma is it's like his skin was a was a, a um was like a unit 
like a unisuit that was too big for him. So he had like the saggy skin that was kind of falling off of him. He, he was he was like this sort of like wretched, wretched big cat who was trying to catch a rabbit oh and never could. That, he was fantastic. That's just fantastic. That's perfect. Then so we will the, that in, in that honor. That's that will we will name it after after him. And so what you tell me? I want you to tell me who you think is the most underrated Cowboys starter. That's a great question, and I'm going to say something that is un- when I say underrated, I don't know if he's underrated by NFL pundits. He may very well be, but I, I know he's, I, I feel strong that he's strongly that he's underrated by Cowboys nation. Um, and that's Terrence Steele. Mm. I think Terrence Steele is actually a lot better than a lot of people give him credit for. I, I think that, you know, he's hurt because he had, he had a tough transition year as a rookie because he was forced into playing a little bit before he was ready. I think if he hadn't played it all as a rookie and then played last year, like he did last year, everyone would have been like, this guy's great. But you know, first impressions are hard to shake. And so, you know, he struggled mightily in 2020 as everybody in the team did. Um, and he, uh, you know, is a baptism by fire. And uh, I think people are slow to give him credit for how much he's gotten better. And I will say last year that I actually think that him, being replaced by Lyle Collins and you know, all, all the sort of moving, moving the, around the defensive tackles was one of several, but one of the real keys to the offense starting to kind of like lose its mojo after, after the Patriots game. Hmm. Yeah. And I, if you, if you look at the, the way the running game worked when he was in there before Collins came back, there's a couple of things. There's a couple of factors there. It's really hard. It's really hard to say for sure because Zeke also got injured about that same time, and so he became much less effective. But one of the one, one of the plays, and they ran it in a lot of different ways. But one of the plays that they ran a lot to great success earlier in the year was the pin and pull. So the idea is you have a tight end who pulls down uh, uh, or, or pins down the defensive end, and then the tackle and guard can pull around. And, um, and, and lead the running back. So that requires the running back have the quicks to get to the outside quickly, but it also requires that you have a couple of players who are good enough in space to be able to um, sort of go hunt and hunt smaller, quicker players. And that was one of several plays that left the playbook entirely when Terrence Steele was replaced hmm. by um, Leo Collins. And uh, their running game started to suffer when, when he went down. And, and so, you know, is, is Collins a better player he was i don't know if he continues to be so i I think one of the things about the nfl particularly for fans um is that you know so much of our assumption about whether a guy is good or not is built on reputation and oftentimes it's built on draft status initially so this guy's a free agent how could he be how could he be good leo collins was supposed to be a first rounder he's better he's a borderline pro bowler he's better but he but he's not anymore he hasn't been for a couple years you know and so um i think People give Terrence Steele, I don't think they're giving him the full credit for how much he's developed as a player and actually how important he was to their success early last year when that offense was humming. Yeah, no, I, you know, that's a great pick. And I, I forgot because, you know, I, I, I love Steele. You know, my love for Steele is, is, high, is high, but he does get a lot of – He, I think that's, probably, that's a really good selection. And, and I think you, you, you explained it really well, and I think that the – People remember the rookie season and, and, and the bad stuff. And I also think people got stuck on what Lyle Collins once did, which wasn't that far yes. away. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like – I think we were all hoping for the return of, you know, 2019, uh, you know, Lyle Collins. But, you know, at the same time, 
Lyle Collins wasn't playing at that level to me. I mean, I, no. I think you could really draw some comparisons and say that they're very similar. In some case, you could make arguments that, you know, especially, you know, uh, in the running game, that still was now played better. So I uh, I think that's a great choice. I I want to stick in the trenches. So typically this would be the time where I would give Anthony Brown some some extra praise because I think I think he's you know he falls in the category as far as underrated to me because mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. a lot of people think that he's really bad and I don't I don't buy that I I think that Brown is a, is a solid player but I wanted just to to give a shout out to a player that I think that's almost forgotten and and that is uh, Carlos Watkins and mm. I mean I'm to me he's our starting nose I don't know who else you would put in there so um so I'm counting him as a starter. I don't think it's Bohana's job. Um, and I, I think Watkins played really well. I, I know when we signed him, I was like, eh, you know, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm not, I didn't have big expectations, but I was really pleased with, with how well he played. I, you know, he had that pick six and he, I think that, I think he did a really good job and I'm, I'm really glad that they brought him back. And I'm, I'm surprised that we got him as cheap as, as we did. But to me, I mean, I'm, I feel a lot better with, you know, with the Bahana and Ridgeway and, you know, and the development of those guys, knowing that we have a, a, a solid veteran like Watkins are already on the roster. So Watkins is, is my pick for my most underrated starter. Yeah. I think that's a great pick. When you, when you, when you mentioned his name, I was like, Oh yeah. Good pick to myself. Uh, he reminds me in some ways, his play style is a little different, but this is sort of in terms of like the way that Cowboys Nation understood him as, as part of the roster. It reminds me a little bit of, of another guy they got from the Texans a few years back in Terrell McLean, mm. who came in and a lot of people poo-pooed it, thought he was just going to be a camp body. And, but they, they identified a guy who had a, a very specific skill set that they wanted to add. And um, in fact, they, the, the, you know, the, the way that the defense was constructed required or, and, and asked for guys with that skill set, and he blossomed. You know, because he, he was he was probably playing out of position with with the Texans, and I, I think that uh, you can say a lot of that um, same the same sort of things about Watkins. And I think if he hadn't got he, he got dinged a little bit last year, and I think if he hadn't he because he, he seemed, felt like he was really sort of getting used to what was expected of him in Dallas when he got dinged. I think he would have had a a better and more memorable, and therefore would probably not um, be your underrated player because people would be rating him probably more properly. Mm-hmm. Had, had he not, I think, had his development not kind of gotten curtailed by, the, by um, you know, by, by the injury bug. Yeah. yeah. So switching it up from from most underrated, we're going to do our last cat category. Uh, this one is called Smelly Cat. Oh. I want you to tell me who you think is the most overrated player on the Cowboys. What are they feeding you? What are they feeding? Um, well, this, that's funny that, you, that I just said that because uh, Feed Me is the most overrated player on the Cowboys. Oh. I, think, I think Zeke Elliott is the most overrated player on the Cowboys. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll say why. I think a lot of it has to do with the you know, things we've touched on a couple times during this conversation, which is that the average fan vastly overrates high draft picks and vastly underrates low draft picks. If a guy's if a guy is one of the handful of guys the average fan has heard of, he's good, and if he's not, he sucks. And therefore, Leo Collins is good, and, Ter- and Terrence Steele is not. Right? Uh, in this case, Zeke had, a, had obviously hit the league running and was terrific. 
um, and he was transcendent in his first year and, and pretty good thereafter for a couple of years. And, and but now um, is not so much. But I also but even more than that, I think that overrated, not necessarily even by pundits or people who follow running backs closely, but just by like Cowboys nation as a whole. He was drafted in the top five. He had a great rookie year and therefore that's who he is. And that's not who he is, right? And so if they're rating him as the guy as the 2016 Zeke who was drafted fourth overall, then they are vastly overrating Zeke Elliott right now. And I think that that's what they're doing and therefore he's overrated. Yeah. I do think that like if you were to just go if you were going to go buy Zeke in a store right now, I think that his price would be I don't think you would be like, "Oh, that's way overpriced." I think you're he's probably going to be uh, maybe even in the clearance section because a lot a lot of people are they're just really down on him and you know and it could be the mileage yeah. it could be of course if the contract you know and that's not his fault um but i see I, so i don't know i mean to me i think elliot's just his stock's mm-hmm. kind of low so uh but definitely i think a lot of people would agree with you that there's any chance they can get to to say that um but I'm going to go so I'm going to go a different direction. I'm actually going to go with someone who in my opinion I think people are overhyping and he may not be like super overrated, but to me I think that non-starting cornerback however although he's sometimes considered starting cornerback Kelvin Joseph is very mm-hmm. overrated. To me, I think he's going to have a. I think he, he'll be a bust. Uh, certainly, I'm hoping for all this to not be true. And I hadn't, but I just I think that he has some concerning traits about him. I think he's clearly got some concerning character things about him. Uh, I don't think he's going to show that he's better than Anthony Brown. Um, so that speaks also to how I think about Anthony Brown. The and I think that like leaves him kind of like then what you know what do you you know what are you going to do with him? I don't think he's going to have opportunities. I think the few opportunities he'll get, he'll end up um, just not doing well with them. So, and honestly, I'm 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 almost to the point where I'm just like I don't even want to hear anything about the guy until he gives me something to you know to listen to. And I want to I want to hear good things in camp. I want to hear that he's uh you know it's not his fault he's taken round two, but I want you to at least play like you, you know, you belong in the NFL and, you know, we'll see what happens. But to me, I'm, I'm just, I, I would not, if, if I owned any Calvin Joseph stock, I would, I would dump it. Um, just that's, that's where I am with him. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm uh, not of that mind. I actually, I actually have uh, still, still hold on perhaps naively and foolishly, but I still hold on to, um, that 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 he will be able to realize his potential and that the traits that I think made him so intriguing when he was um, when he was drafted, and that made me so happy that I mean, it wasn't like I was elated, but I was like, oh, okay, great, great, great pick. I, given given what happened with the other picks immediately in front of him in, in round two of 2021, um, I was really happy with that particular selection. And, um, you know, there was always a question of like, will he ever realize his his uh, his vast gifts? And I still hold, hold I hope that he will. Yeah, and yeah, I hope so too. I mean, 
to me, Kelvin Joseph is similar to Sam Williams as far as how I how I felt about it at the time. I I think that there I I, I liked liked the pick if uh, in the third round. I think it's too risky in round two, but there's definitely athletically there's there's things to to like about it and the upside's certainly there. Um, so but you know I mean we've had a year and we haven't seen much so far of Joseph. So it's obviously, you know, Sam Williams is a different story because we haven't seen anything. We It's like a clean slate with that. But so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if he doesn't start showing me something soon, um, I'm just going to continue to feel un, unsatisfied by that. But so, yeah, that's my pick for that. And, and you know what? That is all we have for today. Um, if you haven't already, please do subscribe to the Blogging the Boys podcast network. Leave us a rating, write a review wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. Tell us what you think, anything you would like us to see differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all, uh, Cowboys Hot Topics, who are some of your uh, favorite pet cats, or just you know, tell us about a great pet that you had. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at DannyFanum24. And Rabs is at Rebel Rouser, spelled R-A-B-B-L-E-R-O-U-S-R. And don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week. Every day we got something new for you. Tomorrow we'll have Cowboys Oi with Mauricio Rodriguez. And Sunday we'll have the World's Team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart. So make sure to check those out. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay true to silver and blue. And we will catch Class dismissed. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs>